I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Sign Podcast. Joining me today, we have Eva Fabian, an American-Israeli open water world champion, and we have Yaakov Tumarkin, an Israeli Olympian and backstroke specialist. We asked him to join us in the aftermath of the brutal attack by Hamas on Israel, October 7th. Over 3,000 rockets were launched from Hamas-controlled Gaza Strip into Israel. 2,500 breached the Gaza-Israeli barrier, attacking civilians. Nearly 1,500 Israelis were killed. We think 150 have been taken hostage. 30 of uh, U.S. citizens have died in this attack. The U.S. State Department designated Hamas a terrorist organization in 1997. Most Western democracies have as well. Today, I'm sharing my opinions. They are my own. Um, Eva, Yaakov, in the fog of war, there's a lot of disagreements and misinformation. I, I invite you now to um, to disagree or counter with anything I've said before we start this conversation. Uh, I think there's some statistic, like, unfortunately, there's like more numbers of uh, Israeli dead. It's 1,400 already. And the uh, bomb, like the rockets, it's already 6,000, you know, 3,000. And the hostage is, uh, yesterday it was 203, and today it's 210. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 54 years old. I'm an Olympian. Uh, I've, I've traveled the world and it's um, from my parents were boomers. So they, they were, they understood the, the, the creation of the, the nation of Israel. They understood the Holocaust. I'm Gen X. I'm a child of a boomer. So I'm very, very close to this history and, and understand every, you know, the, the entire point of it. And um, this has been, this this is just the oxygen that I've that I've that I've been breathing my entire life. Um, when this attack happened, um, I noticed something very very interesting happening, which was that the, that Hamas was, New York Times, Washington Post, BBC, major media were saying we're calling them militants and not terrorists. And I think ten to fifteen years ago the reports would have been completely different. The reports would have been Hamas, the terrorist organization, has attacked. And that slight change was was very surprising to me, and I didn't understand it, and I had to go in and research it. Are you are you familiar with the, 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 that this has happened in a lot of major media and that they, that they changed that, that they reported differently? Yes. Everybody want to answer? Or me? Sure. We can answer together, yeah. Um, we're definitely aware. Uh, there is a you know, major difference between how we, you know, experience events and see the news versus how um, in a lot of events, the some major media outlets have covered this. Um, you know, the example of the fact that, you know, the BBC is still refusing to use the term terrorist is something that they say is their own internal policy. But, um, you know, terminology is important. There's also been a lot of misreporting of facts. Um, and to see that is very difficult from our side. It's yeah, I think go, one go more ahead. thing. I think even you can see like from the last day, the there was attacking like uh at the hospital in Gaza. In the beginning, like the BBC, especially the BBC, they were saying like the first article, like the first page was uh Israel attack hospital. Twenty hours later it was uh 
it was maybe a mistake, it was murder, and then it was killed. And only eventually after more than 48 hours, after Israel in the beginning said it was like their like a mistake and the US government and uh, all the intelligence, British and US and the Israel said it was like their rockets, that was like a mistake. mistake. And only in the eventually the BBC said uh, it was a false alarm and uh, innocent people was killed in the hospital. So we're very aware of the social and the website and all the reports are like, it seems like a little bit, we feel like there's a different rules when it's about Israel. You know? Correct. In terms of checking facts before publishing in a very major international news outlet, to publish something before you're sure that it is fact is a disgrace, quite frankly, for journalism. Um, and to publish something that is so... Uh, um, it, like important and can be so incredibly um, scary and actually like emotional to publish a headline like this without having confirmed anything is irresponsible and has proved dangerous to um, Jewish communities around the world as well as um, now you know Americans around the world. So you know there there are big repercussions for covering news this way with you know releasing fake news, not checking facts, um, and there are real actual repercussions for this. Um, and we see it. And what we see is a lot of attention to this um, at first when, you know, they don't have the facts and they're, you know, at first saying that Israel has launched this missile. Um, and when they have to walk back on that, suddenly there's so much less reporting, not an official apology, really, from many of these news sources oh. that we would consider um, actually correcting the mistake, didn't release anything that says correction this. They've just walked it back without saying anything about it. So this is this is it's big and it's I think representative of a bigger issue in how um, everything is being portrayed right now. We need to put the, something in the context, and that is that um, in, in in terms of in terms of Israelis killed, this is uh, if if you look at it proportionally per capita, this is this is um, this this is far worse than nine eleven for the United. You know, if you're if you're looking at it through the U.S. lens. Uh, yeah, and this is the worst. Um, I, 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 I'm pretty sure this is accurate. This is the, the the worst situation in terms of death since the Holocaust, and um, that's um, that's a that's a big threat. And also, before we came on, I should just go ahead and say, and I, I probably I, I wish we'd, we'd had this during the recording, but you said you know this might be disrupted because um, because of because of rockets and alarms. Um, because you're on you're on Israeli soil, so everyone has to take that into account. Um, life is much different when you're when you're sitting there and and your life is threatened. Um, just as a baseline, do you feel safe where where you're sitting now talking to me? Um, not really. I mean, yeah. not really. Is I mean, it? Every, it's it's already two weeks and it starts from uh, October seventh. And every move we're doing, you, you're thinking about, okay, where's the shelter? And every move you're doing, you're thinking, okay, there's a safe now. There's going to be alarm. And I'm also a parent. I have a three kids, like young kids, daughter, uh, uh, girls. And we, like, I don't have a school for them. I don't have kindergarten for them. And they all day at home. And they, like, the point was in Israel, I didn't want them to realize there's alarms and they need to be feel safe or feel scary and now they understand can tell you a small story like twice it happened we went to the like literally a garden like minute from my home from my house under the house 
and it was twice catch as the alarm and you see how the kids scary and running to the building to the shelter and they have nightmares i mean they understand this and like uh, three years old five years old and the youngest one is six months and for parents i think it's a different uh perspective and you want to keep them safe but now it's really not only in israel but i think worldwide it's a very dangerous time to live i agree and i i also think that um you know going back to what we were saying before a little bit about um speaking about media and, and the effect there um there's been a lot of claims a lot on social media but a lot online that some of the facts and information about the absolute atrocities that happened in southern israel that hamas committed there's been a lot of claims that those aren't real but they live streamed them and you know not only this but we have taken like there's been a lot of extra care taken to speak to survivors to bring the foreign press in when they doubted things and so i think when we're looking at this as um you know what are people getting from the news even sometimes when they are getting facts there are you know conspiracies online which is a propaganda tool telling people that what the israelis are putting out is fake news so much so that the world media had to come and confirm it so i think it's important also to say that we're going through these things where you know yakov with your children it's such a difficult time and then to have a lot of the outside world saying well prove to us that it is prove that it happened so i think that a lot of this you know the the uh the extra difficulty of what you were saying in the modern world of having so much connectivity and so much social media um that there is a lot of misinformation there is a lot of propaganda and so you know i think one of the big battles that we have sort of as a world that threatens all of us is um the spread of extremism online um so i think that that you know can expect very much to what you were saying we need to remember also the problem is we're like 10 million civilians in israel and gaza and let's say the arab who support gaza i mean much much more than 10 millions it's um i'm going to ask a very superficial question and then we're going to come back to the to a more serious side of this topic but i just have to know is it um if i if you are an israeli uh elite athlete is you know are you training is your training disrupted uh or is this something you can maintain what's um what you know what's going on with with your peers uh, so for now on, the national team, we're training in the center and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's more safe than here where we are now. So the training is still going on in, uh, of course, with a different uh, schedule and a different time and yeah. more strict, but I can say like, uh, we, with the international meet, we were supposed to be now in the world cup in Budapest and it got canceled from our government yes not from like fina or something because they just say the strict uh, the ministry of sports of israel said okay we don't allow any group of sports now traveling because it's very dangerous i know you you, you were a swimmer i don't know if you met uh israeli swimming in the international meets every meet we have a security with us i mean beside it now it's actually a, uh, going on war so always we have like since what happened in uh, minach in the olympics in 72 the murder of the athletes so since then we always have uh we always have a security with us so the next step the topic is what we're gonna do in a world cup in qatar in february we have no clue 
And like you say, if we feel safe, I, I'm not going to feel safe over there. For anybody listening right now, um, we did an eight-hour, Swimsome did an eight-hour podcast with with Mark Spitz. And uh, and I'll piece out the um, the first of only two terrorists attacked in the entire Olympic history. That was, of course, 19, 1972, the Munich Games. Uh, Mark was uh, had a really Mark Spitz, who was Jewish, had a had a uh, a very unique point of view on what happened, and it was traumatic. Uh, Steven Spielberg um, covers this in a film. He talks in depth about the film, and um, you know, I, I, I it, after talking to Mark and after you're talking about this now, um, what I took away from the film and in the in the and the terrorist attack in '72, when the Israeli athletes were taken hostage and then killed. Uh, from the Olympic Village, um, Israel's uh, response to that was just made me think. I can't believe anybody would attack Israel because Israel is Israel's is formidable, and I and I and I'm I'm uh, I was like this war feels so dumb. Someone said something, and this has been going around um, around the internet, and this is uh, this is not fake news. This is. Um, this is not mine, but it really seems to crystallize everything. There's two sides here. If one side put their weapons down, there would be peace. If Israel uh, put their weapons down, they'll be pushed into the sea or they'll be killed. Um, yeah, this, uh, this sentence said uh, Golda Meir. There was a president of Israel in the right. Yom Kippur War. And it's really true, unfortunately. That I don't think they want a peace. I mean, unfortunately... Again, I don't know if you someone was looking at you, like not not in Israel, even if you're traveling, looking at you and saw an Israeli T-shirt, and they have like a lot of evil in their eyes on you. They don't even know you. They don't know what's your name. Nothing, but just they don't want us here. I mean, it's a big conflict. It's not just about the war. They just they don't want us here. They don't want a peace with us. And the thing, the massacre they did. I mean, it's pronounced. I mean. Who's kidnapping kids? Who's kidnapping uh, handicaps? Older uh, women and Holocaust men. Survivors. Holocaust survivors. I mean, this is not even, uh, sorry, but to compare, but even the Nazis didn't do it. Let me, let me, I think let me... it's also important to note that Hamas's charter, you know, it's a terrorist organization. Peace is antithetical to what they're about. So when we refer to, um, you know, Hamas being, uh, not a peace-seeking, you know, um, entity. I think it is important to recognize that that it is a terrorist group, um, and that is very much not their goal. You know, they infiltrated into Israel, invaded, um, and committed atrocities, and that is exactly who they are, and is exactly what they say they are. Um, and I do invite people to read the charter if they have not, as well. We'll include their charter in the show notes because it's um, it's something I probably should have included in in the introduction. There is something that we, and I have to bring it up, of course, in this discussion. <clears throat> and I'll bring it up through the lens of the United States, so that uh, I mean, more than half of our viewers will understand this, and, and probably most of the world. After nine eleven, the United States went to war state to state. Uh, the United States got on a, on a very strong war footing. And it and the, the it resulted in the longest war in U.S. history. Um, the the numbers on the opposite side were rarely reported, but it was um, it was pretty brutal. In this instance, the 
um, deaths on 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 the Palestinian side are are being reported, and those numbers are changing. Um, I mean, as as the last time I checked, it was three uh, three thousand seven hundred killed in Gaza, another thousand under. This is from the UN. Another thousand under rub under the rubble, and we have um, and 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 more than a million Palestinians are going to be displaced. Uh, do you disagree? Can you counter? Can you can you tell me? Because that there is there is an opposite side here. How how do you respond to that? So I, I want to say something about it. So I don't know even again. People know before the Israel first the the aim of Israel, the IDF military is first Hamas, the terrorist organization, and people don't know before even it's a war, even after the massacre they did to us and to our kids and and women's. The, even then, the pilots, we have something they call the knocking uh, roof. So before they're attacking the building, they're dropping uh, like a flyer, a paper that's saying, okay, this building, there's a organization, someone from organization from Hamas, we're going to attack this building. You have uh, 10 or 15 minutes to evacuate the building. So even now in this war, we're still doing this. And only then we give them like the civilian to escape. And only then we attack. And the first thing now, the south, uh, the western uh, part of Gaza, even now, the Israeli IDF said, them, okay, we're going to attack here because there's a lot of uh, tunnels, there are a lot of uh, rocket launchings, uh, stuff. So you need to evacuate to the south. It's more safe there for you. And what Hamas did, and there is a footage of, uh, from, the, from the sky, from the plane, there's a footage of Hamas cars, like uh, big cars, like... Uh, buses stopping the people. They don't let them to go to the south. So this is all the truth. This is all you can see. Even the BBS that doesn't like us, they have this image, they have this photo. So even now it's war. So there's people say there's no rule in war. Even now we acting like the most like, uh, I don't know, the most nice country after what we did to us. And it's, and again, the, the social media and the newspaper again, see different stuff. And it's like getting us crazy. It should be said that one side um, attacks, and and when the result is is the death, there is celebration. Um, Israel's they, a they, democracy. They, they Israel, it, yeah, Israel's they a democracy. Celebrate. Yeah, you you get you get a photos of when they kill the civilians. Now they have a footage of celebrating. So they have like and, a and fireworks, is, they have uh, flags, like it's a party. It's it's confirmed. Think... It, I'm I'm just stating as a fact. This is confirmed, yeah. uh, and and it should be noted that Israel is a democracy. It, it is the democracy in the Middle East. It yep. is an uh, it, it has been an economic powerhouse. It has um, Israel has flourished, and when Israel attacks, there there is um, there is not celebration. There's um, it's it's solemn. Uh, and that's something that people don't talk about. And I and I it, it what's what's really odd is that it's a uh when all of this is happening, I'm I I know the the story beats that are coming. I know this, but I have a gener I'm generation X, but I see millennials and and Gen Z only focused on they're like, look, there's a humanitarian crisis going on. And my first thought is, well, I, I thought about this as soon as the attack happened because I I was like, when Hamas attacked, they didn't attack to do what they did. They attacked because they knew that Israel would come back at, with, with an incredible force. And that was the point of it. The whole point of it was to get everyone to not think about anything else except their response to to engender s sympathy for the other side. 
And um, that's that's been going on for a long time. Uh, is is that is that inaccurate? Is that a is it um? Do you do you wish to, do you disagree with that? I would just like to say that it's very horrifying and difficult for us as well because we want peace in the region and everything that Israel has done diplomatically and has always been to create as many normalization agreements as we can to have peace with as many countries as we can and this is all we want we do not want to live like this we do not want this to happen to people we do not want people to suffer it is I think this is the most important thing to note and um it's one of the more painful things to see um, the region turned into a Hunger Games-like football match in the Western media. And I think it's important to return to the issue that we have at hand, the crisis that we have at hand, to return to the fact that this was an obscene terrorist attack. Um, and that because of this, we're in a you know unbelievably difficult sad moment and um the what all that we want for our area and our region and our country is peace and i think that's gets lost quite often in the conversation and for everyone it does the um the, it, the, there's something that i that i, that I, I want to bring up and just it's a uh the, the, i I'm, I'm we have arab uh successful arab summers and uh, they they train in the United States, and they're um, Ahmed Hafnawi, the Olympic champion, who's now at Indiana, and uh, the uh, Notre Dame um, sprinter who won the ACC championships, and he just popped off a, a fast fifty butterfly. Uh, Abdul Rahman Eber, uh, is it Ellerby? Yeah, he's they've they've been very vocal. And they've been very vocal for the opposite side, and um, in in they've been they've been um, let's just say that we're aware they they had death threats against them, and I'll, and we had we reported on that at Swim Swam, and when we did, we were we were told that we were we were lying and this wasn't true and that they did this this didn't happen, and uh, we confirmed it. Uh, we also confirmed that there was a lot of pressure on the two universities that, that, that allowed that where they're training, that there was pressure on these universities to, um, to, uh, uh, discipline them or, you know, even go as far as, as remove any financial support. If there was any, this was, this was the, this is what, this was, this was the way it was coming in. And we, we, it, it, it everything pointed to that. Um, how do you feel about, uh, these, these elite Arab swimmers, um, being vocal on social media and uh, I'm sure you saw it. I just, uh, you know, that's, I'm just, I'm teeing it up. How, what are your feelings on that? We saw that, uh, of course we saw that. And the first thing we did, uh, like the Israel Association, I know uh, wrote a letter to the Len and Fina about it because I don't think, especially elite swimmer that we want to, you know, there is a value of swimmers, of elite swimmers to to teach the young kids, the people look at you as a model. And you can write write something on social media when you have a lot of influence and without any message of uh, condemnation about what happened. I mean, there was a massacre. There was a killing. 
and without saying anything about the uh, Hamas or Gaza and the people got kidnapped and killed and murdered and sorry but was baby was born and you don't say anything about this you just say against Israel and yeah and I'm agree with the university and one of them was a roommate when with the Israeli swimmer and the Israeli swimmer said they were like there was buddies they were okay yeah he's from Egypt and they were okay but now you see the truth now you see they really what they think about us and and I want to say another thing when he was now let's say even the Egyptian country they was like uh, supporting Gaza they won't don't want them I don't know if they won't know this but the civilian that want to escape from Gaza they have a border with Egypt and Egypt government don't allow this they they close it they said we don't want them so if you don't want them you support them so where they should go if if you don't want them and and again as the athlete when we see this on a social media again you can support violence you can support killing you can support kidnapping and and it's just frustrating that uh, yeah even if fina on the university doesn't uh, rule with the action punishment even or something like a message okay i was i didn't know the all the true i didn't know the facts like respond for this so so it's really it's really it's really sad that they see it like this i think it's important to focus on also you know sports and um values of sport being um you know trying to reach above political differences trying to reach above differences and to meet people from around the world and bring the world together to me this is the beauty of sport it always has been is um the way that we've transformed the sport world is to bring people together from everywhere and to compete with respect for one another as human beings and i think that to me has always been at its heart the most important message of sport so i do think it's disappointing not to see from the sports organizations um a strong statement about condemning the horrific violence. Um, I think that this is something that runs pretty counter to the values of sport, you know, bringing people together in humanity, um, like to reach to something better for all of us. So I think for me, it, uh, disappointing not to see something from sports organizations um, in uh, support of, you know, um, Israeli athletes and the Israeli people. Um, to me, that is something that I think is their responsibility is to promote the values of acceptance and respect. Um, and so I think it's disappointing not to see a response from World Aquatics or something stronger from Len. Sometimes, uh, sometimes the silence of our uh, swimmer friends or swimmer athletes is uh, worse than the words of our enemies. So even if you sometimes silence is is you choosing you choosing side. When when uh, I'm so I'm gonna put it out there this podcast where I'm I'm sharing my opinion but I'm gonna I'm gonna share some some something that I've experienced it's uh, and this is because everyone on Earth is talking about this this is this has touched all of our lives when this happened um, I I couldn't sleep um, I was it, just it, it was this bothered me I'm like this is going to be worse this potentially could be worse than Russia's war on Ukraine this could this could mushroom and and spread and it's um the whole world that's my perspective from from being on this earth over 50 years um when doors are closed and people start talking about the nuances of it there there's two sides and they they're they're talking and they the conversation comes up it's like you know there's a lot of uh, is you know Israeli settlements pushing into the West Bank? They're pushing into into Gaza, and 
this has been uh, i will stop you there that there is no israeli presence in gaza and has not been since israel withdrew i appreciate um, it thank you yeah yeah and it's uh so that 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 is but that's 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 this is what's said and it's um and that life has been life could be better for um for those in the gaza strip and in the west bank at the same time um you also hear that it's a uh that you know there's a lot of humanitarian uh not, not a nonprofit supporting gaza and and the west bank and we had we've had elite athletes you know leveraging the support of these of these uh nonprofits. and this has been going on for a decade this has been going on a long time and uh and we hear from from our from our jewish friends or our israeli friends it's like yes if all the money actually went to palestinians in those parts of the world uh, they would they, they would be a crown jewel in the Middle East. It would be Dubai, but it's not. It's, like it's, it's going for it's going for Silicon Valley. Yeah, so th there's a lot there's a lot of nuanced conversations going on. I I just wanted I wanted to hear your opinion on that, and thank you, Eva, for correcting me. Yeah, even the money they got the the charity money that like the European Union give to Gaza, or even the Qatar money. They everything got in with the proof of Israel. Like if we didn't want them to get any money, we could stop it. But all the money the the got is with the proof of Israel, and they got a lot of support. And again, unfortunately, the money don't go to food, doesn't go to education, they don't go to uh, children of sports or swimming. They, they everyone know again who's ruling uh, Gaza. It's Hamas. So you can see the rockets. They keep going. They have more and more and more, and this costs money. And how they get the money? So it's really simple math. Uh, it, it's when when this happened, um, October seventh. Uh, everyone had an entire narrative in their head if they were of a certain age, and the first thing they thought of was this is this is Iran. Iran has uh, been backing Hezbollah and and supporting Hamas. And uh, and there was a there was a long period of time where it seems like major media was was and and the U.S. state in the U.S. State Department and DOD they they weren't they weren't really responding with anything official. Though, like we can't prove it, but it's um if you're if you're on Israeli soil is when 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 bombs go off and you're seeing and you're seeing the bodies pile up are is that was this the same thought? Do you think this immediately? I think we're thinking more about we're in an unbelievable, horrific national tragedy. And I think a lot of our focus right now is on the fact that there are 210 now to our count hostages still being held by Hamas in the Gaza Strip. And I think that a lot of what we're thinking, and I feel that there's a lot of intellectualization going on. And I think a lot of people aren't really thinking of uh, how to actually like solutions and how to move forward. I think there's a lot of just, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say it again, sort of political footballing going on. Whereas what's happened here is an atrocity and people have lost friends, sisters, brothers, family members, loved ones. And I think that is very much where we're operating from on the daily basis is trying to keep up with the, incredible sadness and trauma but also to support each other and to try to be there for each other in this time um and i think one of the great examples with what sport can do um and yakov you can talk about this is that 
athletes have been going to hospitals and going to um, kids who have been displaced from the South to go run practices for them, um, to be with them, to bring a sense of normalcy to their lives. Um, and uh, I think this is something where I think sport can come in and again, bring what it you know should to the world, which is um, you know positivity and bringing people together and respect. A question for you, Mel. I don't know, like you're 50 something. Did you hear in your entire life uh, alarm of bombing your country, your home? The only time uh, I've never heard it. Um, I got a phone call the morning of 9-11. It was my father-in-law. And he said, get my daughter and get my grandbaby and, and get in the car and go. I was in Los Angeles. And he says, we're at war. And I got him in the car because we thought they were they hit Manhattan and we were the thought was they would hit you know Los Angeles San Francisco the major cities and um and that was a I am aware of that that feeling that I had for a very short window of time and I thought about it before I had this conversation and we have this like every day in the center we have multiple it like times. Couple, yeah. multiple time and you have a uh, 60 seconds to run or look at shelter and this is our re reality. Even when we swimming, we had times, yes, we had times when we swam yep. and there was alarms and we were evacuated the pool and run to the shelter. So unfortunately we live in Israel, like you had a car and you can drive and the US is really big. And here we have nowhere to go. I mean, this is our country and we live here. This is my family here, my kids here. I mean, we can't leave it. So we are here and we live with this reality. And unfortunately we're, hearing the bombs and there's nothing we can do. And there's like above us, there's the iron Yamaha that like keep us safe. But again, there's everyone in Israel, this is our reality. And this is how we live here, but it doesn't supposed to be like this. It doesn't supposed to be at all. I mean, we wanna live here peaceful. We wanna live here without enemy that surround us all over Israel board. I mean, it's not just like you said, Gaza, there's also I mean, it's ongoing a small war also in uh, Lebanon and Hezbollah. I mean, in the south of Israel. And this is more scary. They like, they supported by Iran and uh, the Middle East is very sensitive for any move now. So it's, it's, a, it's a big thing. Um, I appreciate you guys being here. And I, and uh, thank you so much. It's a, it, it's, I, this is ongoing. This is an ongoing um conflict and it's uh it, if 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 you would like to come back on we'd like to hear from you because i think i think the that this is this is going to be of course evolving is there are the, do you have any any final thoughts the <laughs> tough one mm -hmm. um my my final thoughts would be for everyone to remember that there are people living here this is a region of people just like a region of you know like your region of the world um, there are people here who want to live peacefully everywhere within this region. Unfortunately, there are also entities such as Hamas that run areas. Um, but not to forget that throughout all the media circus and all of the, quite frankly, the misinformation and um, uh, all of the propaganda, there are people here. We want to live peacefully. We want to be able to live without, you know, running from rockets four times a day or if you're, you know, living in an area that has less than 20 or more. So I think that it's important to remember that 
you're speaking about people. And um, I think if there's one thing that since we're speaking mostly to the sports world that we can remember is that as athletes, we meet people from all over the world. And I think that's one of the most special things, Jakob, I'm sure you've felt this as well, that as an athlete, I've met people from everywhere. And one of the things we always share is either a love for swimming or a love for competition or whatever it is. And that you see that there, you know, there's so much to be learned. There's so much curiosity. There's so much to be learned from people around the world. And so I think remembering that these are people, this is not a place where you just get to jump in and throw your own, you know, particular experience onto the reality here. Um, and just to remember, like, you know, as, you know, speaking to the sports world that, um, you know, one of our, the biggest things that we try to uphold, you know, is the value of respect for other people and to reach across borders. So like, remember there's people here. Yeah, and I would add something uh, uh, small that, like, I feel like we are athletes, we are wanna swim, we are a role model for the young kids. They wanna achieve uh, Olympic medal, to be Olympian, to be world champion or European champion. And I think the the bigger organization like uh, FINA and LEN, the, in this situation, they do need to 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 have a respond. They do need to to say something because there was a massacre here. And we didn't hear anything about it. And again, you know what? I think even there's supposed to be some rules and suction and sanction about athletes who support murder, support like terrorist organization, and to be a strict rule about it, like was with their war with Russia and Ukraine. I can say I have a friends from the judo, a combat uh, sport. There, there's a, we know that a lot of time there was a like country from the Middle East. They don't show up for the battle. And uh, Iran, the country, that was like uh, punished for this from the IOC, and they don't allow to represent anymore uh, sports. They don't allow to compete anymore. And there's a lot of athletes who run away from Iran to represent a different country. So I think what they did, the Judo Federation or the IOC with this, they're supposed to be example for uh, other nation sports. Like it cannot, you cannot support as an athlete the Olympism values of peace, of a healthy life, of a role model for young kids, and 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 support this thing. It, it, it can't be go like this. I mean, people can publish stuff on social media, and uh, people now need to know there's more TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. There's there's a lot of influence about this. There's a lot of power to your word, what you saying, what you share on Twitter, on Instagram. It can be it can be false alarm. You're supposed to know the truth and you're supposed to act by the rules. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.